0: Ladies and gentlemen, that sound you hear is your beautiful co-host, Nicholas Morehead, listening to his co-host, Jermaine Clone mendez Serenate your ears. That's right. I just incepted your own mind as we welcome you back to podcast room 303. Vacation called, summertime called, a little fun in Greece, a little fun in San Diego, a little homies turning 30, someone in therapy. It is what it is. Life happens, and it comes at you fast, just like Room 303. How are you doing this fine evening, Nick? Shot your hand?
1: I'm doing good, dude. So we were talking about, before the program, uh, basically one-hit wonder seasons in the MLB. Uh, some dude on Instagram, I don't know his handle, so I can't shout him out. Bat but Flip Energy. Bat Flip Energy uh, basically posted this video, uh, and he said, what was it, Josh Bell, Christian Yelich, and... Uh, Jacoby well, Ellsbury and Jacoby Ellsbury were his first three one hit wonders. So Jermaine and I started rifting. And one of the names we came up with was Jake Arietta Jake Arietta is on the Padres right now. He lost today. He's five and 12 this year.
0: 6.6 6 ERA. It might be higher. Last I checked, it was 6.6. 6.
1: Yeah. So he is. So he is not doing good. I'm good. Had a nice, had a couple of nice relaxing weeks. Kind of kind of reset the reset the mental game. Um we haven't really talked to you guys since before we went to the All-Star game. So we got a lot to talk about today. We'll talk a little bit about the MOB trade deadline. We'll talk a little bit about the NBA draft, a little bit about the Olympics, and then the main topic that we have today will be our NFL win totals as we're starting to move back to an NF or a, a betting podcast, because that was our roots we've kind of gotten a little bit away from our roots
0: yeah so there's been a lot of uh, internal discussions that you guys aren't privy to but if you were you'd probably be dying of laughter um not exactly the most pg of discussions this podcast was started with the initial intention of making money and that's not what we do here because you guys obviously <laughs> fade us but that was the intention of it so we're
1: having a good time as well
0: yeah, and so we're gonna move away from more of the Sports Center type vibes where we actually cover what's happening. Right? It's not like Sports Center where they only cover the NFL. <laughs> or, or wait, hold on, my mistake. And LeBron James. LeBron James. Uh, and we're gonna bring to you more of our personalities. We're gonna have a lot more fun. We're just gonna be having a good time. So, with that being said, we will be doing Fine McCutum, standing and standing O standing and O standing and O. Standing and oh, that's not that a sex one. position. Uh, if, only if
1: you do it right, the standing and oh,
0: <laughs> and so the, Eric has never done. <laughs> and today's trivia question, uh, not with an Irish girl,
1: uh-uh, no, not
0: with an Irish girl. <laughs> and so, uh, today's trivia question is who was the only person in NBA history to be named most valuable player, coach of the year, and executive of the year?
1: Penny I Hardaway. Love... <laughs>
0: First of all, anytime we can get a Penny Hardaway reference. Oh, you speaking of Penny Hardaway, you know who he just hired to his coaching staff? Uh, yep. Nick Froze. Ladies and gentlemen, that'll be a that's the latest addition to this podcast. It'll be Nick freezing. So um I will be continuing to fill the gap while Nick's trying to get back to us. <laughs> Hopefully you can hear me and stop talking so it doesn't overwrite in the recording, but um uh, is he back? Who knows? Anyways, I'm going to answer the question. It is Rashid Wallace. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah.
1: Rashid Wallace is the same person as Ben Wallace.
0: <laughs> it's not the same person as Ben Wallace. No, those are two different people. I have no clue what Dick's telling me right now. This should be a fun podcast. <laughs> good thing i'm drinking the the worst part is eric is that it could be recording his end and then nick and i are just talking over each other and we don't know
1: we're not talking over each other
0: Uh, i heard that i heard that he said we're not talking over each other okay all right
1: eric (laughs) you have to pick up some of the slack here i get that you're just an intern but you know glory calls on us all and you gotta step up sometimes yeah, it's it's
0: my man is my man was literally a Minecraft character for the last two minutes and I was rifting by myself. I mean I did a good job. I, I made the world's greatest yeah, sound great. as it was happening because I popped a claw. You know what I mean? Because I was like, this is gonna be a long podcast. But we'll have to get my boy set up. I will be sending him some goods to hopefully get him uh more in tune with what's going on. Um internet. You love it not reliable though anyways that's our trivia question we're gonna go ahead and move on we're gonna start with the mlb trade deadline because that's arguably well oh, that's not true i was gonna say it's the most important but the olympics is the most important but we'll, we'll start with the trade deadline north american sports trump fucking global sports we don't care about that all right nick walk us through some of the trade deadline
1: shenanigans yeah so the yankees got everybody <laughs> Uh, the Cubs (laughs) lost everyone and didn't really get a lot. uh, didn't really get a big return for it. Mm, So the Cubs obviously traded their three stars. We, we said that they, we predicted that they were going to get rid of at least one of them. I I thought Rizzo was gone. I didn't think that all three of them were gone.
0: I did. So you and I had multiple text discussions about this as the Cubs being my team, but, um, at one point, I fantasy-traded them to playoff contenders, <laughs> this is all four of them. I traded Contreras, which is still on the team, which is actually pretty shocking this, considering you traded the other three.
1: That's true. I, I, did, th- I did think Contreras was gone as well.
0: It's Because catcher is such a premium position, right? There's not a lot of good... Okay, there's, there are good catchers at defense, and then there are good catchers at hitting. There's very few that kind of blend the line in in the catching sphere, and Contreras is one of those. Uh, one of those.
1: I would disagree. He's a very good hitting catcher. He's not a very good defensive catcher.
0: Lately, yeah, this year with the fucking trash-ass Cubs. But when he was when we won the World Series, he was terrific at defense.
1: Mm, he was an average defensive catcher.
0: Okay. All right. I'm gonna leave it to the expert.
1: I'm going to leave it to expert, but
0: I don't agree. Fuck JT. JT's a bum.
1: Yeah, so uh, so yeah, Contreras didn't move. Rizzo moved to the Yankees. Chris Bryant moved to the...
0: San Francisco.
1: To the Giants, that's right. Uh, and then Javi Baez moved to the Mets, much to the delight of Francisco Lindor, uh, who is his countryman on the Mets. The Mets continue not to hit, as and evidenced by...
0: And your co-host, by the way. That, that was a delight to me.
1: That's true. Yeah. Um, but the Mets continue to not hit, uh, much to the chagrin of of owner Steve Cohen, <laughs> uh, who, was, who I was very excited to own the Mets. And then this whole GameStop thing happened, and now I'm not very excited for him because yeah. he's just another hedge fund billionaire. A-hole.
0: I kind of hate him. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So that tweet, I was like, shut up. Cohen.
0: yeah it's it's so funny like first of all anyone who's listened knows that i was pro a rod and you were pro cohen uh, as far as this sale um but especially and i was like look if cohen buys him i'm gonna be on board the dude's loaded now after the whole january saga that was american stocks um definitely not a fan of
1: cohen also quick story for the for the listeners out there, I would like to retract all A Rod hate I've ever I've I've ever given out because when we went to the All Star Game in Denver, Colorado, at the end of the game, we were walking past the MLB Tonight booth, and the four of us—myself, Jermaine, Eric, and our buddy Blake—just were hollering at A Rod. I mean, absolutely just drunken hollering at A Rod.
0: Yeah, and we had t- a lot to drink and a lot of hot dogs.
1: And he had a lot of hot dogs. And Blake got ambushed by a Denver Post reporter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's because he's racist, dude.
1: And it's because it, it's because all Braves fans in blood red jerseys are racist <laughs> and support slavery. <laughs> Shout out Blake Reynolds. Um, and he, A-Rod actually turned around to her hollering and pointed us out, specifically on a live broadcast, and then pointed to Big Poppy, his co-side him and got the crowd to chant well first of all we got the crowd to chant a rod and he turned yeah. around and pointed at us and then he we he pointed at big poppy and made the crowd chant big poppy so a rod's okay in my book now he should have bought the mets
0: yeah I'm, I'm glad that you finally understand that a baseball player should have bought a baseball team
1: well look at what Derek know. jeter's doing with the marlins it's not it's not like it leads to success
0: He's been the fucking owner for two years, and he has one of the most stacked fucking bull—like not bullpens. Jesus Christ, farm systems. Yeah, uh, that's the white call speaking. Don't don't mind that. Yeah, bullpens.
1: Yeah, the bullpen. Marlins and, have a god awful bullpen.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're not talking about the bullpen.
1: Eric, can you look up what the uh, Marlins prospect system is? What's their what what their prospect rank is?
0: Yeah, who do, who who does the rankings? Uh, MLB. Who, who, you use MLB. Okay, yeah, make, sure you, check, make, make sure you check MLB because I know Bleach Report and ESPN do their own. Every time I read them, I'm like, I feel like this is wrong. <laughs> they always have the Cubs too high. Our farm system's trash, and after trading three stars, it's not much better.
1: <laughs> yeah, you guys didn't add. You guys didn't add any top 100 prospects. That was a little disappointing.
0: It's kind of embarrassing, but we did um, the immediate help that we got. What, what trade was it for Rizzo? I think it was Rizzo. We added, we returned one player. It's actually very good. Added is pretty decent, but better getting something than nothing, right? We were gonna let them walk in free agency because we couldn't sign them. So Rockies should have taken that fucking approach.
1: Yeah. So that's so that that was what I was gonna move on to next. The Rockies didn't trade Trevor Story. The only explanation that I can come up with is that they think that somebody's going to sign him in the offseason and they'll get a pick for it. I mean, Trevor story is also not helping his case. He's having an awful year at the plate,
0: yeah, this is probably the worst year I've seen him had, had he's maybe his career he's hitting like
1: two forty seven right now I think
0: yeah, he's typically very good that's, so, what, that's so it's so weird well,
1: he typically has better power numbers than this. his average number is normally around like two fifty two sixty but yeah so this so this year he's hitting two fifty six yeah so and Nick asked
0: good. so Nick asked Eric earlier about the Marlins farm system that I mentioned. They are currently ranked fourth in all of Major League Baseball. That's yeah, so a pretty good. Yeah. I, I mean, he he did a terrific job with the trades, right? They the trades were much maligned. <laughs> And We don't need to touch base on that But what he got in return was very Very good for his players
1: Well at this point trading away Stanton looks like a Looks like a good deal trading away Marcelo Zuna Looks like a good deal trading away Christian Yellich looks like a good deal
0: Yeah and the, the only one deal? you can is, Yeah sorry, JT we were going to say
1: yeah. something yeah. Mito.
0: <laughs> He's the only one you're like Well maybe you, you might you know could have Could have kept him
1: And he produced yeah. one of the greatest memes of all time And I think that's why he's so good
0: <laughs> yeah, it's direct correlation, obviously. Yeah. All right, so with that being said, that wraps up the MLB trade deadline. Everyone knows what's happened. We've we're obviously a couple weeks removed, I think we're about three weeks removed from the trade deadline, maybe a little less. Um, 18 days, but the trade deadline was that's the craziest trade deadline, I've best ever I've seen ever in seen my, it. in my life. Yeah,
1: what best the, I can remember.
0: It was, it was hot fire from beginning to end, um, and, it, and it heavily impacted the playoff race, and I love it. So uh, shout out to the Dodgers for having the highest payroll and adding to what, two of the best players in all of baseball in what seems to be like an unfair trade because somehow they still kept their star shortstop that is behind their star shortstop.
1: I just don't. I, I I don't understand what the Los Angeles Dodgers are doing right now.
0: They are some sort of witchcraft magician. So, there's some sort of sorcery they're using on the rest of the league. The rest of the league just doesn't understand what they're doing. If if this is what the Dodgers are doing and policing everyone.
1: Yeah, I mean, like uh, Max Serger, really. Trey Turner, really. Uh, f- for pennies on the dollar.
0: They gave up nothing. 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 Oh, my God. Shout out to the Dodgers. And if they don't win this year, God, I already let Dodgers fans have it at the All-Star game. I shit on every Dodgers fan I saw at the All-Star game. I was like, you won one World Series of
1: seven. Oh, and there are a lot. There were a lot of them.
0: There were a lot of them. I was like, one World Series of seven. I saw a Dodgers fan. There was slander coming their way.
1: That is very true.
0: It's embarrassing that they are so proud of their one World Series, despite their. I think they've been leading in payroll since fucking 2015.
1: Well, they're like 100 million over the luxury tax right now.
0: Yeah, and the MLB just proposed a a salary floor and then lowering (laughs) lowering the luxury tax. It's because you know the luxury tax is a salary cap, according to Eric. <laughs> so they added Scherzer and Turner, in case you weren't noticing. And now I can't wait for them to choke. Because it's gonna be so iconic, bro.
1: Oh, I hope that I, I really I really don't want this to happen because I just hate every NOS team. But like I just want the Padres or the Giants to beat them
0: It's not the Padres. The Padres won't make the playoffs. Oh, that hurts me. Talk, that really, about, talk that, about blowing it.
1: Yeah, that really – I mean, it's typical Padres, though.
0: <laughs> oh, so, it's so San Diego. It's so San Diego.
1: You, you love bro. to see it, though. Maybe I should move out to San Diego. The ticket—the tickets will be pretty cheap here soon.
0: Dude, we can finish the whole season of September baseball in San Diego, bro. At least, at least come out for a month. We'll just <laughs> eat up the San Diego baseball tickets, dude. I'll get drunk and watch shitty baseball because they're obviously not winning. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Uh, We teased it earlier. We're going to move on to the NBA. So the NBA season has ended. Uh, We've talked about it before. The Milwaukee Bucks won the NBA finals. They beat the Phoenix Suns in six games of a maximum of seven. Giannis Antetokounmpo was named the finals MVP, and he's been living his life ever since including his 50-piece Big Nugget order at Chick-fil-A. And then, as currently of today, he has taken the NBA Finals Trophy, the Larry O'Brien Trophy, and the Bill Russell Award, which is the Finals MVP, to Greece, and he's letting fans take photos with it, which is fucking awesome. I love it because, obviously, anytime you can grow the game internationally, I'm all for it, and Giannis is the perfect fucking beacon for it. And it's so funny. The more he doesn't want to be the face of the NBA, the more he's going to be because LeBron, right, who's been the face since fucking 03, um, I mean, he's he, he's long in the tooth. He's got probably four years, probably five years because he takes so such good care of his body. But someone's going to have to replace him, so why not Giannis? But with that being said, the offseason went off. And the Brooklyn Nets and the Los Angeles Lakers are in an arm race comparable to the 1980s Cold War of the U.S. versus the USSR. We're talking Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Carmelo Anthony on the Lakers. We're talking Blake Griffin, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant on the Brooklyn Nets. And we are in store as long as these fucking motherfuckers can stay healthy, we are in store for one of the craziest finals we're ever going to see.
1: Imagine taking a time to 2014. And you go, hey, <laughs> Russell Westbrook, James Harden, <laughs> Kevin Durant. <laughs> and then you go to the Cleveland Cavaliers and you go, yep, Kyrie Irving, LeBron James. They're all going to be on different teams, or they're all going to (laughs) be on two different teams and together. And to be like, what? And you're like, yeah, Kyrie, Harden, Durant will be on the same team, and LeBron and Westbrook will be on the same team, and oh yeah, they'll have Anthony Davis. You're like, is that the guy with the eyebrow from New Orleans?
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's 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 astonishing and it's one of the it's one of the best parts of the NBA and it's one of the worst parts of the NBA right it's the player movement cuz you don't have the Dirk Nowitzkys you don't have the Reggie Millers you don't have the Kobe Bryants but when it does happen it's something special and you love it and i think because of the fostered player movement it makes those those moments all the more special so you know you kind of, it's it's give and take right but man My buddy, who's a Lakers fan, right? He's a Kobe Bryant fan through and through. He's a Los Angeles Lakers fan through and through. Did not like LeBron. Did not like Carmelo Anthony. Did not like Dwight Howard. Hit me with this. He's like, if you would have told me in 2009 that I would be rooting for LeBron James, Dwight Howard, and Carmelo Anthony, I would have laughed in your fucking face. And to be honest, there's nothing more comical I've ever heard than that sentence because it is, it's is—it's truly the embodiment of how absurd the NBA has gotten. Like Dwight Howard, I don't know if it was 09, but Dwight Howard lost to Kobe
1: in the finals.
0: Right, I think that was 09 when
1: he was with the Magic, yeah.
0: When he was with the Magic, and he was so dominant, and nobody gives that man any respect because he fucked one tranny. Right, then you have Carmelo, right? Carmelo, who carried an entire Nugget squad of older bums. We're talking old Kenyon Martin, right? After the Nets shipped him off, we're talking Marcus Canby. We're talking Andre Miller can't hit a jump shot to save his fucking life. We're talking Allen Iverson who quit on his last three teams because he just thought he was still a star, but he wasn't doing anything to fucking support it. And then you're talking LeBron James, right? LeBron James, no Lakers fan liked him because it was Kobe versus LeBron. My man has to root for all three in the same year, and it's truly the most, like, karmic thing I could ever uh, imagine. I was just like, yeah, you guys got fucked when the league stopped Chris Paul playing with Kobe Bryant, which would have led to, like, probably two more more Kobe Bryant world titles. And then there's the debate of Jordan versus Kobe, and you know you have all the people saying, oh, it's going to be Jordan. But now he has to root for these people, and it's fucking great. That's what you get, you shitty Lakers fans. (laughs) With your shitty attitude and your shitty nonchalance and your expectance to be great all the time. You refuse to develop talent. Therefore, you root for the talent you don't like. And I can't wish it on anyone better. So fuck you.
1: The only thing that the Brooklyn Nets are missing right now is New Jersey Nets' Kenyon Martin.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Dog. First of all, New Jersey Nets Kenya Martin was a fucking savage, bro. <laughs> so New Jersey Nets Kenya Martin reminds me of Phoenix Suns Amari
1: Stoudemire. That's yeah, that's a good, that's a good comp. That's like a good iconic, like, like or oh, like Orlando Magic Dwight Howard is his um, Phoenix Suns Amari Stoudemire.
0: It's just those like that four or five years stretch where like. You knew Kenyon Martin was the fucking man, but you hated him anyways. Yeah. You knew Amari Stoudemire was the man. You hated him anyways. And you knew Dwight Howard was the man, but you hated him anyways. Yeah. because, like,
1: like Denver Nuggets, Nene?
0: No! <laughs> <laughs> Hilario, hilario (laughs) nene, bro. Dude, speaking of that, Deborah, so this Deborah Nuggets squad might be one of the most hated squads in history, right? They had, they had, they had Eduardo Nahara as well, Mm -hmm. the Mexican sensation, bro. Eduardo Nahra was on that same squad. Wasn't that we Chauncey
1: had, Billups, Marcus Camby, Carmelo Anthony?
0: No, not Chauncey. They had uh, they had Andre Miller, they had uh-huh. Earl Earl Boykins.
1: That's right, Earl Boykins.
0: <laughs> they had uh,
1: Carmelo was there.
0: They had Carmelo. They had Marcus Camby. Yep. They had. Uh, they didn't have
1: Allen Iverson for a year.
0: They did have no. They had Allen Iverson for like three or four years. Jesus, he, so that that was the last peak Iverson. Where we kind of saw him fade off before he quit on a few other teams, which Eric always gets mad about me bringing it up. No, uh, no, he always
1: because he can't acknowledge any other Iverson other than 76ers Iverson. Yeah,
0: exactly. He he knows when he
1: stepped over Traylon Lewis. That was the high point, <laughs> the high watermark. <laughs>
0: He knows the Iverson that bridged the gap between the hip-hop community and basketball and forever merged them. He knows the Iverson that made cornrows cool. He's the Iverson that that literally put the culture I thought that was Kevin
1: Costner that made cornrows cool.
0: Uh, It's a (laughs)
1: solid joke, and you know it.
0: um, No, I will not acknowledge that. No, Kevin Costner is solid. (laughs) Kevin Costner is the definition of shitting in his own male diaper.
1: Damn Doug. <laughs> He was just chucking the ball at Field of Dreams game.
0: I know, dude, you look good too. I was, how old is Kevin Coster? I
1: don't know. Eric, look it up.
0: Eric's too busy. Eric's too busy getting paid
1: $250 for a call.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's too busy fucking working his heart out over there. Uh dude, speaking of, we have to touch base on that Field of Dreams game.
1: The most watched game in 16 years in the MLB. Rob Manfred decided to pull his head out of the sand, uh, the head out of head his head out of the sand, and decided to do something good. Kevin Costner, sixty six years old, and he was looking like that at field. He gym.
0: did. He did not look sixty six. No, he did not. It's probably because he's not drinking white claw on the right. And
1: I mean, it, it was you know, it's it. It was the players enjoyed it. Uh, obviously, the players loved it. The coming out of the corn, Kevin Costner coming out of the corn and giving the speech, throwing the first pitch. That was awesome. And, I mean, you couldn't have got it to end any better on a walk-off home run in the bottom of the ninth from Tim Anderson.
0: By an African-American shortstop. Right? Like, an African-American shortstop is the most poetic ending to Field of Dreams ever. Like, Tim Anderson's already fantastic, and it has nothing to do with him being an African-American. It has to to be with him being a shortstop.
1: <laughs> well, I think. It do, oh, well, no, I I disagree with you. I think it does because there's not a lot of. He's kind of he's the inspiration. Him, Xander Bogarts, Mookie Betts. I'm probably forgetting about somebody, but like at truly African American baseball players are the inspiration to the kind of that that you know the the African American youth to play baseball. Okay, and yeah, and uh, it's. Uh, yeah and the most watched game in 16 years and an Afri- and and one of the most charismatic african americans in baseball today hits a walk-off home run at the field of dream stadium also though the the thing that they they kind of hid until now is that those were the most expensive mlb tickets single game tickets ever
0: oh so it was only white people in attendance yes <laughs> <laughs>
1: and old old white people <laughs>
0: Oh man, What so I Tim Anderson. I thought he was a Cub for some reason.
1: No, he. I think he was, he's, he's been a White Sox the whole.
0: Yeah, he he was drafted by the White Sox, but um, there was there's two Cubs players that were traded to the White Sox that are really good now, and I don't remember uh, who they are, but I thought Tim Anderson was one of them. I was trying to claim. I was trying to lay claim. I ain't got it. <laughs> Anyways, that game first of all, that was just a terrific baseball game. Like, you could have mm-hmm. taken the cornfield out of it. Like, that was just a good baseball game. The back and forth, the leads taken, the leads not taken, like, that was just a terrific baseball game. Aaron Judge be- hitting
1: two home runs.
0: Yeah, it ha- and Giancarlo was the one who um, mm-hmm. put the Yankees over, right?
1: Yeah, put the Yankees yeah. up in the top of the ninth.
0: Yeah, in the top of the ninth. That was so great. So usually, like, unfortunately for baseball sometimes a baseball game can be over <laughs> like in the final innings like and people will leave for obvious mm-hmm. reasons cuz like the game's over this one was just like nah if you didn't stay you fucked up yeah
1: yeah and I mean, it, I, and, and it, it was exactly what baseball needed baseball needed baseball needed a game like this to kind of restore a little bit of the faith and like hey we're we're doing the right things
0: yeah um dude definitely it was so, such a good, game. Such a good so they, game. They've
1: already announced 2022. It would be Cubs and Reds. I'm a, it's going to be a great game. I'm a little disappointed, though, that it's not Cubs-Cardinals. I think you, you, you and I both said Cubs-Cardinals. Yankees-Red Sox would have been good, too. Or like like Mets-Braves, I would have liked to see.
0: Uh, Mets-Braves was my choice. You picked Cubs-Cardinals. Or
1: like Giants-Dodgers.
0: I didn't want to see that one.
1: Nobody wants to see that one, yeah, but it's I know, classic.
0: I know. I know. It's I didn't want to see that
1: one. Nobody classic wants to see that except 75% of fans are in every baseball stadium.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Dodgers travel, bro. I will give them that. Um, I will say this, though. The Cubs Reds over the last four or five years has become a red hot rivalry. There is a severe disdain. Obviously they're division rivals. So they already didn't like each other, but I mean, there's multiple bench clearing incidents. Javi Baez has that personal rivalry with that pitcher, even though Javi Baez isn't on the squad anymore. Amir Garrett. Yeah. Amir Garrett. Um, Joey Votto anytime he comes to Chicago he tries to torment us like yeah I mean it's a very heated rivalry and it's gonna deliver the goods I understand what you're saying with Cardinals Cubs it's a classic rivalry but Reds Cubs almost seems more fiery right now because I don't know the Cardinals seem to have lost their like
1: uh, their ability kind- to be good at baseball
0: yeah their luster is kind of gone it's it's kind of fallen off. It's almost like when the ha- Astros hacked him, they were like, you're never going to be good, good again. And so, you know, with that being said, we'll touch on the NBA draft real quick. Cade uh, Cunningham went one. Jalen Green went second. You had Evan M- Mobley go third. You had Scottie Barnes go fourth. And you had Jalen Green go fifth. Yeah, uh, you said Jalen Green. No, no, I did not. Oh, so I did say Jalen Green. I meant Jalen Suggs. Yeah, Suggs, Suggs went fifth. Did did they have do they really both have the first name Jalen? <laughs> Holy shit, I barely realized that. That's funny as Eric, well.
1: look up. How many times have players with the with the <laughs> with the same first name gone on the top five picks of the NBA draft to <laughs> make it stat? But
0: uh those picks went in order of Detroit, um Houston. Cleveland, Toronto, and Orlando. Uh, typically bottom feeders in the league. And there's a lot of good players. And I was talking to Eric about this earlier, which he's probably not going to be able to jump in on because he seems to be indisposed at the moment. But I was saying that I don't know if this this draft has the iconic talent that shifts the league as much as other. I don't know if they're all-stars or they're going to be that good. Um it's It just seems like this draft might have a letdown. But you know, as long as they develop, I can see myself being proved wrong. But my initial interpretations of this this draft is that they're not as good as advertised.
1: So someone that's purely on the outside and 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 literally, Didn't really pay attention to the NBA draft. There was almost no hype surrounding this from like the outside, like non NBA fan. I I didn't hear any hype about this draft. I heard the draft was going on, but there was no like, Hey, who is it going to be? Like Anthony Edwards, LaMelo. Like there was no like, Hey, big name rookies coming in this year.
0: Yeah. yeah, There, there was not, you're not incorrect. And that's why I have this opinion. I think Cade Cunningham's going to be good, but his lack of lack of athletic, athleticism is kind of. I feel like that caps is ceiling. Jalen Green seems all flash. Seems seems like a terrific three level scorer, but all flash. Well, he
1: also seems like a baby too, from this from what you were telling me that he's oh, getting man. he's getting he's he's whining and crying that he was the number two pick in the NBA draft.
0: The number two pick. It's not like Draymond Green, who has the right to be fucking like insulted by being the, what was he, the 38th pick? Yeah. Draymond Green was a second round pick. Malcolm Brogdon was a second round pick. Fred Van Bleet was undrafted. This man was the second pick in the NBA draft. And I guarantee you, when they did the interview with Jalen Green, they saw this immaturity. They saw the it- fact that he was a liar and didn't want him.
1: Yeah and he said uh he said uh, I'm going to make them regret it. That's what you say when you're like the the 28th pick in the draft. <laughs> then you have like 27 teams to like prove wrong. You're just going to make the Pistons look bad, I guess.
0: Yeah, the Detroit Pistons who drafted a solid fucking player. You know what I mean? <laughs> like Green was 35th. Eric came in with the with the fucking assistance there he he was 35th draymond green has a fucking has a fucking bone to pick with people not the not the number two overall that was probably considered to be the fucking number one overall pick
1: yeah 100
0: like how pathetic bro
1: yeah.
0: I, I i know that you're 19 years old and that you're young Bro, you just got paid millions of dollars to play a kid's game in the city of Houston.
1: And didn't even get drafted that low.
0: For a, for a historical franchise like the Houston Rockets. For historical. Hakeem Olajuwon, Yao Ming, Steve Francis, Tracy McGrady, Kenny the Jet, shout out TNT inside the NBA. Like they have so much history, and you're upset that you didn't go to Detroit. Like, yeah, Detroit has history too. but like what do you what are you bitching about, bro? It's almost like the it's almost like the the fucking self entitlement of our generation is fucking on display with this dudes bitching.
1: yep. well, the generation following us.
0: It doesn't matter. Well, I'm I'm adjacent to him by nay a decade. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 adjacent. Yeah, like he said, he could have gone to Minnesota. Yeah, right. Zach Levine's video is circling the internet right now. Zach Levine's draft day video. He was picked 14th by the Minnesota Timberwolves, and he gets up. He puts his head down on the on the table, and he sits up and says, "Fuck me."
1: That struggle
0: my boy who's a minnesota guy i i think he was born there or his parents were born there but he's a vikings fan so he's like minnesota through and through he's just like this is why i don't respect him what's so funny is the day before he sent me a post about zach levine talking about his work ethic and shit He's like, I don't want to be the number two or the number three, and he was just like, "This is why I fuck with this guy." It took one day. It took one day of of posts for him to see it. I was just like, "Jesus Christ, bro, you didn't get it together." That's embarrassing. Yeah. All right, but Eric asks, who's a better second round pick, Draymond Green or Nikola Jokic? Is
1: Draymond Green running MVP?
0: He yeah, has not defense then, player of the year twice. Then Jokic. Really? Really? Yeah, I, really. I, I, all right. All right. He's a Nuggets fan. I expected this bias. <laughs> I expected it. That's, t- look, the discussion is worthy to be had, but to just be so cavalier, you know, to, to just be so first LeBron team, you know what I mean? Like it's, ugh. Ugh. I'm going with Draymond.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just did it. I just did it to annoy both of you.
0: <laughs> so
1: And it worked, top, so.
0: Top 10 defense player in history, right? I don't think he's number one, like he says. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he arguably top five defense player in history. Yeah, for sure. It's like him, Rodman, Bill Russell, uh, Kevin Garnett. Hmm. I mean, Jesus, there's so many Jordan, Pippen. Yeah, I was going to say Pippen, but Pippen's my favorite player, so I always leave him off. The glove. The glove. Anyways, uh, with that being said, that covers the NBA and the MLB part of the portion. We're going to get into NFL futures now. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. The year has flown by. You've listened to tons of terrific podcasts from Room 303, and you've also not listened to some of them because we've been indisposed, uh, alcohol or travel. But we're going to get into NFL Futures, everyone's favorite. And we're about to pick how each team does in their season. higher or lower?
1: Our our favorite teams, yeah. Our favorite teams, yeah.
0: I mean, we can go through each team. It's pretty easy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Over-under, real quick. Shoot (laughs) through it, Nick. Shoot through it, Nick. All right. All right, so –
1: so I, I have some I have some categories for you. But before we before we get into our picks, let me let me give you let me give you some criteria that our friend Warren Sharp over at Sharp Football Analysis uh uses to do his over under picks that he puts out. The first one is one score games. We've talked about this at length on the podcast. So basically teams that perform good in one, teams will, re, will advance or regress to the mean, will progress or regress to the mean. So teams last year that were terrible in one-score games, the Atlanta Falcons, the Carolina Panthers, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Houston Texans, they all had...
0: Ah, the bottom feeders.
1: The bottom feeders. But these are one-score games, remember? Teams that were good in one-score games, Buffalo, Cleveland, Indy, Kansas City, Pittsburgh... Seattle and Tennessee all won more than 70% of one score games.
0: Damn, those are playoff teams.
1: Yep. The next we move into turnover almost, margin.
0: It's almost like there's a correlation.
1: Oh, and winning in one score games in playoffs, it may be. Next we'll go to turnover margin. So turnover margin, obviously the teams that turn that, that are the bottom five and the top five also, also advance or regress to the mean. The bottom five teams last year the Raiders, the Bengals, the Jags, and the Lions.
0: It's only four.
1: The Raiders, the Bengals. Oh, you're right. Um mom, Yep, mom. you're, abso- you're absolutely on. right.
0: Move on. <laughs>
1: the top five, the Panthers, the Eagles, the Bears, the Pats, and the Cardinals. So they are going to get worse in turn in terms of turnover margin. Shit. We'll now turn.
0: Li- that's an interesting list.
1: Yep. So now we'll turn to point differential and what we call Pythagorean win-loss. I know I talked about Pythagorean win-loss uh, when we were in baseball, but the same exists in football. Basically, it's what your record should have been if you remove luck. So the teams that overperformed, which basically means they performed better than they should have given luck and other circumstances – Tennessee, Seattle, Buffalo, Cleveland, and Kansas City. Uh Uh-oh. The teams that underperformed, the Falcons, the Jags, the Texans, the Panthers, and the 49ers. Are you starting to see a theme here, Jermaine?
0: Yeah, I am. I I think I know who you're picking on a lot of these.
1: (laughs) Next, we'll go to uh, kind of part 4A and 4B, if you'd humor me. So strength of schedule, obviously the top five strength of schedule this year based on predicted win totals. Okay, you ready? The top five easiest strengths of schedule from five to one. The Bucks, the Jags, the Eagles, the Browns, and the 49ers.
0: Oh, I love that list. Playoff teams, baby.
1: <laughs> the bottom five. From 28 to 32 in terms of hardest schedules, the Bears, the Redskins, the Saints, yep, the Raiders, <laughs> and thinking.
0: the Texans. I would say the Saints, bro.
1: The poor Texans have the hardest record in the NFL.
0: So, all right. So are we betting Texans get the number one overall pick?
1: I would say that would probably be a pretty good bet. Let me give you 4B, though. This is a stat that that Warren Sharp uses that I haven't seen anybody else use. It's called a rest edge, right? So the teams that have the biggest rest advantage added up throughout the year. Right? So either they play on, you know, a week schedule where another team plays on 6 days or stuff like that. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So if they're on a short week, that team gets So they on- the rest
1: from 5 to 1.
0: Yeah, t- oh, sorry. You kind of broke up. Yep.
1: Yep. So top five. So they have from five to one: the Chiefs, the Eagles, the ti- the uh, not the Tigers. Jeez, the Lions, the Bengals, and the Panthers.
0: So that's hardest. Or the no, best.
1: that's the that's the they have the biggest rest advantage over their opponents.
0: And say those five one more time for me:
1: Chiefs, Eagles, Lions, Bengals, Panthers. From five to one.
0: Okay. Okay. Oh the shit. The bottom
1: five. That have the biggest rest disadvantage: Pittsburgh, Minnesota, Chicago, Washington, and the Patriots.
0: I thought you were gonna say the Saints. <laughs> you paused so like dramatically. I was just like, "This motherfucker, bro!" <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ!
1: So, with that, here are my over/under picks for this year. Are you ready? Sure, yeah, go ahead. All right. Actually, Eric, can you give me, what's fi- what's Philly's over-under? Six and a half. Six and a half? Mm-hmm. I might take the Philly over. All right. Now, without further ado, here are my over-unders. Jermaine, Eric, and Podcast Room 303. Listeners. I just told you I'm taking the Philly over. Philly over six and a half. I'm taking Carolina over seven and a half. I'm taking Cincinnati over six and a half. I'm taking the Jacksonville Jaguars over six and a half. You still with me, Eric? Right here with you, bro. I'm taking Buffalo. Buffalo. Under 11. I'm taking Seattle under 10. And I'm taking Tennessee under 9. To rehash those picks. Philadelphia over 6.5. Carolina over 7.5. Cincinnati over 6.5. Jacksonville over 6.5. Buffalo under 11. Seattle under 10. Tennessee under 9. Tennessee under nine. Under nine. Wow. I, I got those written down for you. We're going
0: to date them and sign them and put them on the wall. We're going to see how you st- stand the test of time here, bro. Good. This, is, this is what we did last time. Yeah. I expect nothing less. Yep. Wow. Tennessee under nine. I'm not going to lie. Part of me wants to see that happen. <laughs> so, here's the thing. There's a lot of mitigating factors that – um lend credence to your under nine um defense got worse they had departures in the secondary jadavion Clowney was not very good for them also left right they had uh a few cuts up front on the defensive line which is what you'd never want to hear they traded last year's first round pick isaiah wilson to the miami dolphins right that dude played I don't think he actually played a snap for them, or maybe he played like 12 snaps for them. It was shockingly low for a first-round pick. Then you had Jonu Smith, arguably one of the best tight ends in the game, right? Ryan Tannehill is one of Ryan Tannehill's favorite targets to part as well, right? Then you have Derrick Henry, who just rushed for over 2,000 yards in a single season, right? After someone rushes for 2,000 yards... This is what Nick liked to talk about earlier, right? There's regression, regress- the mean. regression and progression. And regression to the mean is coming, right? Although you can counteract with that, they traded for Julio Jones. But Julio Jones is a 32-year-old wide receiver, has a checkered injury passed, and he commands a lot of money. So, I'm not shocked to see Tennessee on the underlist. That's just not where I would have gone. I love a lot of those overs, the Philadelphia over. I think Philadelphia is being crazy undervalued, especially on the Jalen Hurts front. Now, do I think they make the playoffs? Probably not, but that division lends itself to some of the more outlandish outcomes ever. So, if I'm sitting here in January discussing a Philadelphia playoff game, I will not be surprised. Eric will be providing me cash money for my drinks because we have a bet on the line. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Off air, Nicholas Chachahan, myself, and Eric Bighead, Palma. <laughs> Actually, my, my mistake. It's not even Palma anymore. Eric Washington. You have to say it like that. You have to say, Washington, have made a bet. Whichever team has the worst record owes the other two drinks. And for those of you listening, it's the Carolina Panthers, the New Orleans Saints, and the Philadelphia Eagles. That is a bastion of inequity in the football sphere. We are not collectively, we will have more losses than wins as a trio. <laughs> that's that's yeah, that's
1: that's a hundred percent.
0: That's how embarrassing our teams are gonna be this year. But Pay to the rescue I know I won't have the cash in on this but actually I don't that's just me talking
1: shit all right so so I was so I was not bold enough I, those are the bets I'm taking the I was not bold enough to take these bets, which is Kansas City under 12 and a half
0: I actually don't hate that
1: San Francisco over 10 and a half.
0: Uh, I don't hate that either, actually.
1: And the Chicago Bears under seven and a half.
0: Ooh, I hate that. Like with my all my fiber and being. I hate that.
1: Other than the bets I named before we move on to division winners. Do you have any more win totals that jumped out to you?
0: Uh, There's a few. There is a few. I love uh, Denver Broncos over eight and a half. I love Denver Broncos over eight and a half. I could be proven wrong, obviously, but I love Indianapolis Colts over nine. Especially if you hate Tennessee under nine, makes me love it even more, right? Yeah, I love uh, New Orleans Saints under nine, <laughs> right? So especially New Orleans, if you love
1: the Carolina over,
0: so I actually, I actually believe Carolina, uh, not Carolina. I believe the Saints are going to finish seven and ten. We're going to have a, a respectable season, but we're going to lose a few heartbreakers. We don't have the edge to win those super close games, and we play an incredibly tough schedule, right? So I believe 7-10 and 10 is the record that the Saints end up with. Uh, Los Angeles Chargers under 9.5. I don't understand where everyone's seeing this hype with the Los Angeles Chargers. Yes, Derwin James is returning, but they lost Melvin Ingram. They've got Joey Bosa. Their linebacker core is kind of a shambles. Their front four is always bad. Their offensive line is reconstructed, but they have one of the worst human performance units in the league, and they're always hurt. Keenan Allen, fantastic. He's one of the most underrated receivers in the league. Mike Williams, when does he get hurt? Not if, when. I'm asking when. What week does Mike Williams get hurt, right?
1: Who's playing running back for them?
0: The only way I get Austin Eckler, the only way I get any kind of pie in my face for believing that the Chargers hit under nine and a half is because Joe Lombardi, a.k.a. Sean Payton's disciple, a.k.a. Vince Lombardi's grandson, takes Austin Eckler, and he turns him into Alvin Kamara.
1: If Austin Eckler stays healthy.
0: If Austin Eckler stays healthy. If Justin Herbert doesn't have a regression.
1: They lost his
0: tight end. They lost his security blanket. There's a lot of question marks on those Los Angeles Chargers team. And nine and a half seems like a lot of wins. Can I see the Chargers eking out nine wins? Maybe. Maybe. Do I see them getting 10 wins? Uh, less likely. So I think the Los Angeles Chargers is, uh, there's a big gray area there. But there's a lot of teams at the top that kind of strike me for their win totals, right? Buffalo Bills at 11. It's pretty interesting.
1: You saying over right? or under?
0: Under. I'm saying like Buffalo Bills at 11 is interesting. I know there's an extra game this year, but can the Buffalo Bills win 11 games this year?
1: Sure. I don't think so.
0: They could. Do I see them winning 12? I don't know. So it's a it's a very fascinating year.
1: There's... Eric Eric would like to submit that he he sees uh, the Steelers over eight and a half.
0: Yeah, I mean, Steelers over eight and a half is not an outlandish pick until you look at their offensive line. Their offensive line, which is, if you've ever talked to me about football, if you don't have a good offensive line, I don't think you're ever going to be good. And if you have a good offensive line and you have question marks anywhere else, see the Philadelphia Eagles of the last few years, I'm going to say they're going to do good. And guess what happens more often than not, if you have a good offensive line, you are good. More often than not. Yep. And the the Pittsburgh Steelers have hemorrhaged offensive linemen. So, eight and a half is a weird number. They have the talent to win over <laughs> that. So I I. I kind of have to agree with Eric's sentiment on over eight and a half. But man, that is a risky one. Yeah. And just like Eric said, like the Chiefs lost. I mean, nobody heard Eric say that, but believe me, Eric said this. The Chiefs lost because their offensive line was not good enough to deal with Todd Bowles defense. Yep. All right. Uh, so
1: so, So let's move to division winners. Okay. So I'll, I'll give you my division winners that I think, and Eric Eric can read you off. Eric can provide us with the odds because I didn't write them down. So I'll start in the NFC. But then these are the only these are the division winners that I'm going to bet that I like.
0: Oh, hold on. Can you do AFC North, NFC North, uh, AFC South, NFC South? Can you do that?
1: I mean, yeah, I guess.
0: All right, I'll I'll pick which ones we want. So go AFC North first. Baltimore. Baltimore at plus one fifteen.
1: Plus one fifteen. That should be an auto bet for everybody out there.
0: Okay. Uh, Eric, you can walk it. Just it's based off the website. Oh no, never mind. Eric's busy. So, um, go ahead with the NFC North.
1: I don't like anybody in the NFC North. <laughs>
0: you don't like any. I think
1: I. Th- I think the Packers. I, I. Well, yeah. I think the Packers are going to win, but there's no value in betting the Packers to win the North.
0: Okay. Yeah, that, all right. that's different than you don't like anybody. Yeah, all right. uh, AFC South?
1: AFC South, the Colts. What are the Colts?
0: Plus 150. Plus 150. That's a good bet.
1: They are not the favorites, though, correct? The Titans are the favorites.
0: Correct. The Tennessee Titans minus 110 are the favorites.
1: Minus 110. You should bet the Colts okay. for the reasons that I've already talked about. I'm taking the Tennessee under. I'm taking the, the Colts positive.
0: Yeah, I mean you took the Tennessee under, I took the Colts over. It seems like we're kind of in agreement here. And I honestly don't give a fuck who the quarterback is for the Indianapolis Colts. Um I still think it happens either way. All right. So we're going to move on to the NFC South. That's right. This podcast's home division. Who do you got winning this one?
1: Uh Tampa Bay wins
0: it. Okay, but you're and not I, taking any bets though. And I,
1: I don't think it's really even close to be perfectly huh. honest.
0: Oh, it's it's 0% close. Yeah. Uh, you're not t- are you taking this bet though? Because it's such a lock at -190. No. You're not taking the bet.
1: No, I will tell you the bet that I will take out of the NFC, I it will be Bucks and 49ers in the championship. If I can bet championship matchup, it'll be Bucks and 49ers.
0: Okay. All right, so the last two Super Bowl NFC representatives.
1: Yes. Okay.
0: But we're not betting in that division. It's it's such a lock. It's not even close. The 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 Buccaneers had such a good offseason after winning the championship. It's almost comical at this point. All right, so we're going to move on to the AFC East.
1: Uh I don't know who's going to win the AFC East. Uh, I would just like to bet that Buffalo does not win it. <laughs> So okay. I would like to take the prop so bet that Buffalo fin- does not finish first in the AFC East.
0: Okay. All right. I we'll could see
1: it. I could see the Dolphins winning it. I could see the Jets winning it. I, I I if if Cam Newton plays the way that we want him to play, I could see the Pats winning it. But I don't think that Buffalo wins the the AFC East.
0: Okay, so Buffalo loses the AFC East. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Bet any of the other three teams, and you're sure to make money. Or you could fade us and make money that way, too, which is also a possibility. So NFC East, who do you got?
1: Washington, the Redskins. Again, another division that I don't know what's going to happen here, but I think the Redskins are are, are primed to make a run at the division crown.
0: So I always like to say this. This is the the most – oh, wow, I lost it. All right. This is the most competitive competitive division in football, and it's not because they're good teams. It's just the most competitive. They're all really close, right? So I'm going to read out the odds to you. Dallas Cowboys plus 130, the odds on favorites to win the division, right, because that offense is absolutely bananas. Washington football. Plus two thirty, because that defense is absolutely bananas. New York Giants plus four fifty, which is almost fucking comical because Danny Danny throws over the middle to the other team is still on the, uh, the quarterback, and Philadelphia Eagles plus four seventy five in the fourth spot. This yeah,
1: division that's yeah, that's not. Uh... The, the, the eagles bet would be if, if i wasn't taking washington i would take a little flyer on the eagles
0: yeah 100 at plus 475 it's like this division makes no sense every year so i you bet for chaos you take the best odds and you throw a fucking a little bit of money on that bad boy
1: Throw a little dart at it yeah
0: all right so we'll move on afc west
1: uh, I have no. I Kansas City's going to win, but I don't want to. What they're like minus they're like minus two hundred or greater, right? My, almost minus
0: three hundred, so they're minus yeah. two seventy five.
1: No, I they're going to win, but I there's no betting value there.
0: Okay, and then NFC West,
1: San Francisco. What's the what's what's the value on them?
0: Uh, Rams and 49ers are tied at plus one ninety.
1: I also want to take the Rams to finish. Uh, third or third or fourth
0: you want rams fourth
1: rams third or fourth yeah
0: i actually don't agree with that
1: oh well what do you think you think the you think the rams are going to win it
0: do i think the rams are going to win that division
1: man so who wins the division
0: i think it's the rams yeah i think the i think the rams are appropriately respected from Vegas odds standpoint, but they're inappropriately disrespected from outside looking in. I think uh, Matt Stafford is so much better than people know, and give him credit for. And with Cam Akers, Achilles Tara, I'm not even fucking worried. I think and a
1: good play uh, caller now.
0: Yeah, and Sean McVay is a terrific coach. Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, I, I think the Rams are formidable. Now, am I concerned about the 49ers? 100%. Like, is this my most confident bet of all the divisions? It's absolutely not. But I actually am very high on the Rams this year. I really am. And with that being said, so I'm going to go in inverse order to Nick. Nick chose 49ers. I'm choosing Rams. Nick said Kansas City Chiefs, no value, took zero bets. I love the Denver Broncos at plus 700. I absolutely love the Broncos at plus 700. Call me crazy. And honestly, yeah, I probably am betting against Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, Andy Reid, and the team that just lost in the Super Bowl. But you know what they just did?
1: Travis Kelsey shaved his beard.
0: You know what they just did, though? They lost in the Super Bowl. So I'm taking the Denver Broncos with one of the most slept-on defensive units in all of football right now. And some of the most outstanding talent on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, quarterback, notwithstanding. I'm going Denver Broncos at plus 700. I love the odds, and I love taking a flyer right there. In a division where you think it's a lock, I'm taking a flyer because the NFL is a coin flip league, as Nick discussed earlier with his Warren Sharp stats, right? One score games, yada, yada, yada. The NFL is a coin flip league. Right, And if the coin flip goes in your favor, you're going to win. And if it doesn't, then you're going to lose. And I'm taking the Denver Broncos because plus 700 is fantastic. (laughs) NFC East odds, I agree with the Washington football team. Uh, I really think that team is going to surprise people. I think Dallas Cowboys are the favorite because Dak's returning. The offense is ridiculous. I don't trust that defense unless Micah Parsons is otherworldly like most people think he is. We'll find out. We'll find out. I'm taking Washington football team plus two thirty. the odds are too good. And I also just think that's the more talented team. I think they have a ridiculous amount of speed on that team. I think Lance Thomas is one of the most underrated tight ends in the NFL. So if you're playing fantasy, book it. That is a sleeper. I think Antonio Gibson has odds-on favorite to finish as a top-five fantasy running back. I think scoring McLaurin is – Arguably the most underrated wide receiver in the league. He is right next to Say Allen. Robin. Alan Robinson, the is it the third or the second? I always forget. But Allen <laughs> yeah, Allen Robinson the seventy eighth. And uh Scorn McLaurin are arguably the two most underrated wide receivers in all football. Go ahead and book it. I'm telling you, this Washington football team has Ryan Fitzpatrick,
1: that's starting a key at factor.
0: quarterback who is an absolute gunslinger in the form of Brett Favre style, obviously not as successful as Brett Favre, but score McLaurin is going to torch this league. Lance Thomas will be a factor, and they have so much speed on that side of the ball. And then if if
1: Fitzpatrick doesn't work out, they have have tailored the G Heineke as backup quarterback. bro,
0: bro. bro. Everyone loves that, dude. Washington football team is going to win that division. Maybe even the
1: Super Bowl. (laughs)
0: And let's chill there. If they (laughs) they don't win the division, I'll shotgun a beer. If they don't win the Super Bowl, you can fucking eat my dick. (laughs) How about that? All right, so AFC odds, AFC East odds. You're going to think I'm fucking crazy for this. This division is a crapshoot. And I'm looking at plus 2,500. And I just can't help myself. As a serial better, as a fucking madman, as a known dummy head when it comes to his betting, I'm taking the New York Jets plus 2,500. Mark my words, the New York Jets are going to be a team to, 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 to be reckoned with. And if not, then, you know, they're plus 2,500. Like, what do I know? You know what I mean? This division is such a crapshoot. I just don't think the Bills win it. And I love plus 2,500. I think. The kid they have at quarterback is gonna be a lot better than people think. NFC South odds poo poo. We all know who's winning it. <laughs> Nobody's taking that bet.
1: The Falcons.
0: <laughs> hey, the Falcons. All right, so we're going to AFC South. Indianapolis Colts plus 150 is the bet I'm taking here. Uh, as there's a host of reasons I discussed earlier with the Tennessee Titans. And what was his name? Arthur Smith is now the Atlanta Falcons head coach. And I just think they take a step back. I'm not confident in the Tennessee Titans. If they win, I won't be surprised. I'm taking the Indianapolis Colts. And Sam Ellinger is leading them to the ship. You heard it. Hook him. Hook him. No bias. No bias here. No bias
1: for me. I'm not even a Texas fan. Hook (laughs) him.
0: No bias. NFC North odds, um, if Justin Fields starts week one, Bears plus 550 is the bet.
1: They're not going to do it. They're going to start Andy Dalton. The Bears don't know what to do with good quarterbacks.
0: Here's the thing. There is a GM whose job's on the line. There's a head coach whose job's on the line. And there's a rookie quarterback that they just drafted. If he does not start week one, he's not going right. to. All right, they're fired then. If he does start week one, they're winning the division and they're not fired. That's plain and simple. You heard it here. If Justin Fields starts week one, Bears at plus five fifty is the bet.
1: He's not going to start week one. It's going to be he, visor. He, Dalton. He,
0: he won't, and therefore, I will not make this Chicago Bears bet. <laughs> right, but. Justin Fields plays 17 games. The obvious bet is Bears at plus 550. Other than that, you don't touch that division. (laughs)
1: 100%. Other
0: than that, you don't touch the division. But Justin Fields starts, all right, you take take the bet. Right? New York Jets, I'm just fucking throwing money around because it's fucking awesome. You just want to root for a plus 2,500 team. Do I think it's really going to happen? Probably not. Come on now. Just humor me, ladies and gentlemen. And last but not least, AFC North. I'm going Cleveland Browns plus 150. And if you would have asked me a week ago if I was taking Baltimore Ravens, yeah, of course I was taking the Baltimore Ravens. Yes, of course. Have you seen the injuries they have right now? Their entire starting wide receiver core is hurt. Rashad Bateman, Marquise Brown, Man, there's a third wide receiver, and i I forgot the fucking name. Of Who it. needs wide
1: receivers when you have the best throwing running back in football?
0: <laughs> How did I know that shit was coming? You're fucking clockwork, bro. But that that's those those are my picks for division winners. All right, where where are we headed after this?
1: Well, so the that, that's our that's our picks for division winners, like Jermaine said, and season win totals. We'll hit you next week, uh, for our prop bets we like in terms of season awards and then any other stuff we can dig up on the wonderful website that is not five dimes but is Bravada.
0: <laughs> yeah no he said he's
1: wonderful sarcastic by the way lady. yes that was that was sarcasm why don't you give the people the trivia question jorane and we'll wrap up the show
0: all right uh usa olympics one standing go Obviously, most gold medals, most overall. Shout out them. And uh, almost them- China
1: almost beat us on gold medals, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, almost only what? counts in hand, shoes, and horse grenades. Yeah, hand, hand <laughs> shoes, and nuclear
1: horse grenades.
0: <laughs> uh, they can get the W when it comes to Afghanistan. We won't talk about that, though. And then, and then find them and cut them. Uh, ben Simmons... Not returning Joel Embiid, Doc Rivers, or Daryl Morey's uh, phone calls. Uh, you baby back bitch. You passed up a dunk just like you're passing up these phone calls. Shocker. How about you don't pass up jump shots and then nobody wants to trade your fucking broke bitch ass. All right. Anyways, trivia question for today's podcast is: Who was the only person in NBA history to be named Most Valuable Player, Coach of the Year, and Executive of the Year? That man's name is none other than Jermaine Antonio Colomendez. Just kidding. His name is one Larry Legend Bird. That's right. Boston Celtics all-time great Larry Bird has won Most Valuable Player, Coach of the Year, and Executive of the Year. I think the latter two were with the Indiana Pacers and the MVP was with the Boston Celtics.
1: There's a story of Larry Bird. He played left-handed, right, and scored 42 points. Yes. It's one of the greatest stories of all time.
0: It's outrageous. Like, he, that, man doesn't, that man had a hurt back almost his entire career and retired, <laughs> retired with 24.7 and, like, 10.9. Like, points per game and rebounds per game. And nobody gives that man any respect. And he was literally
1: from the time he was playing at Indiana State, he was fifty-seven years old.
0: Yeah, he's he yeah, he started playing at 83. (laughs) I mean, I mean he hasn't got he's actually gotten older and he looks younger. He's almost like a wizard in Lord of the Rings.
1: (laughs) He's an int (laughs) that's our that that's our NFL show for win totals. We'll come back. Like I said, we'll we'll give you guys props next week. Uh, thank you for listening. I know it's been a while. We have to take summer vacation too. We don't get paid enough to not take summer vacation. Um, so for me, myself, and nobody else, it's good to be back. It's good to be talking to you guys again. Hope you guys like it. Let us know on the socials at Podcast Room 303 what you guys thought. As always, what do you got for the people, Jermaine?
0: I don't have a ton. Uh. Th- Thank you for welcoming us back. This was episode 73. I don't think I said that at the beginning. And I want to shout out my boy's nephew, Sebastian, for listening to the pod. Keep slaying the homies on Xbox Live. You my dude. All right. With that being said, Room 303 out.